boys the competition problem on chat 10 sports main feed today we're back with this mini series of college basketball how are you gents feeling good dad had a, we both had a great week gambling great week of hoops you know today's one of those days where like you wake up in the morning and you're like wait what, what am i supposed to do all day <laughs> you ain't lying yeah you ain't lying i that that that's exactly how i felt uh, again but man yeah it was great i i just felt so good to watch basketball all day all the weekend man it was really cool i just did in my my bracket was gone after the first day like many people and and you know like you do the natural Oh man, my bracket's busted. Like that sucks. I'm like, I don't even care. Blow it up. I just yeah. love that I have a bracket this year that I can just rip up and blow up and whatever. I don't even care that my teams that I picked didn't win. Like it does not matter to me. I'm just happy that we're witnessing witnessing it all again. I know, man. That's the best part. Is I'm I'm exactly the same way because I you know we didn't have like an office pool this year, and I was only in one like friend pool. Usually I'm in like seven. It just you know just a little different this year. But hey. Like you said, those at one point I was holding the paper bracket and I know my, and I felt bad because I felt judged from Mike last week because I didn't have mine on this pod. And I was like, you know what? By gosh, I got to get this thing back. I got to go get one printed out. And I literally sat there besides, you know, taking home a rec league championship. <clears throat> I, uh, I watched a lot of <laughs> not basketball. A not a big deal. I mean, your boy still got it. Cousin Draymond would be so proud of me. So uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, still got it a little bit, but my knees don't. Um, yeah. Awesome weekend. Uh, what do you guys think your over-under of hours watched of college basketball is this weekend? <laughs> that face says it all. Uh, probably what, you know, got noon to midnight, you know, 12 hours a day times four. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, 48. Um, I mean, let's, let's put it this way. I, uh, I, I, my fiance's happy. I, I woke up this morning and moved the second TV back into the guest bedroom. So she was happy to get that out of her living room. I had, so I had the two, the two TVs set up for the whole weekend. Uh, yeah, it was, it was great. It's just a lot of hoops. Um, I, I kind of liked the fact that because it was, you know, in Indy, and what four four buildings? It wasn't as many games on at once as possible. So I really felt like you got yeah. to watch every game. You know, sometimes you get that you know three thirty on a Saturday the first week, and there's eight games on at once. It's impossible to follow. Where I feel like if you wanted to, and you you had at least you know two three screens. I I mean I felt like I was really tuned into the second half at least of every single game, um, which was good. It was good that you really felt like you kind of watched every as much as every game. Like there's sometimes you feel like, like I didn't watch a second of that game where because there's only four on they you typically had, you know, them all kind of, you know, noon, 1230, 1245, one, where you really felt like you got to watch a good bit of every game, which I really liked. And honestly, that, that would be nice to keep, keep that going. In the I hope they, yeah, I hope they do keep it going. That's one thing I was noticing too, especially uh, in the second round. I mean, the second round was great. Um, yeah. Cause you, you, obviously they, they cut out half the teams, but like they, they really, and spaced it out for that reason, and it was nice to be able to enjoy each game. Uh, the as I mean, obviously you had a few duds in there because some you know some some <clears throat> higher seeds would win, but still it, it was. That's one thing I I enjoyed about it. I did watch a good bit, but you guys have to remember I am a local sports anchor, so it literally is my job to, to yeah. keep, keep in touch with the sports. So quite frankly, I was just doing my job. So you know. yeah, I I saw you and Mike. Uh, who is it? <laughs> you and what's his Paul? Is that who you're mm -hmm. with this weekend? I saw you guys really roughing it. 
Oh, terrible assignment on Friday. Yeah, Benny Bobick was just sitting at Taco Mac all day, just <laughs> just sweating on the job. Tough day. Uh, yeah. Wow, oh, those boys, they, they, you guys really had it rough this week. Yeah, it was tough. It was dragging for on a Friday, too. Of all of all things, I'm like, Paul, we really got to do this on a Friday. Our toughest yeah. assignment in, in weeks on a Friday to sit here at Taco Mac and, and do a couple live hits for the local news and, and watch all these basketball games. It was just overwhelming. Uh, I'm, I really feel sorry for you, man. I really do. Uh, we, we are going to get to some fun stuff. We want to talk about the biggest surprises of our weekend. I mean, that could be anything from certain teams. I mean, just – what conferences were doing good and bad, like so many crazy things, our favorite games of the week. Uh, but first, um, to talk about a different restaurant in Chattanooga, our favorite, our watch party, hosts with the most, Parkway Poorhouse. Those boys and girls down there always treat us so well. So give a shout out to them anytime you're in Chattanooga or in the Chattanooga area. Swing on by down by the Whiskey Distillery and head over to Parkway Poorhouse, get you some wings, hang out on the back patio and enjoy that spot, especially in the springtime. I love that freaking patio. It's going to be great. So head on down to Parkway Poorhouse and visit parkwaypoorhouse.com. So first question, what was y'all's biggest surprise over the weekend? It could be anything. Go ahead, Mike. If you have one to fire off, I've been trying to think about this, and, and I can't. Um, can, there's a lot of them. I think I, I feel like I wasn't as surprised by the upsets as some people maybe have been. Um, but I feel like I was definitely surprised at how dominant the PAC 12 has been. Um, obviously, you know, that's, that's been the big storyline is, and you guys know, I mean, I, I had, I had Oregon and UCLA in my sweet 16 or Oregon and USC. I mean, a little humble brag there. Um, so I was high on them per se, but I definitely didn't have UCLA. Um, I definitely didn't have Oregon state. I was down on them. So I do think the, um, the, the dominance of the Pac-12 has been a, a little shocking. Obviously, you know, the Big Ten getting bounced as early as, you know, Illinois losing to me was a big a big surprise. Um, that, to me, goes back to them kind of just getting screwed with the uh, the way Loyola was seated. Yeah. I think it was just a joke. Um, but whatever. But, yeah, the Pac-12 it was kind of my biggest biggest surprise here. Yeah, that, that was a good one. I, I think it, had to, it would have to be the Big Ten. I mean, it really just has to be. I mean, that team – that conference is, was the best in basketball all year long, and, and it just and, and like they wait one team left now, one team left in, in, yeah. at, yeah. after it's the Michigan. first weekend. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. come on! I mean, no one predicted that one, and no one predicted there will be only one Big Ten team left. And and I don't look too much into the uh, into the whole like, oh, they beat up on each other stuff all year long. I'm like, well, that should prepare you. It should prepare you for this type of thing. It should, but it, but at the same time, like I, I don't look too much into it because like it's March Madness, anything can happen. I mean, they can. It just that's just how it is. It, it, I don't look any lower or higher from the, on that conference. Now, like, hey, maybe they were a little overranked and overrated, but you know, we all want. You know, well, I'm going to refrain from saying what I want to say there, but because that get me in trouble. But uh, it just you know, it, it, it like it, it just it was just weird to see because they just Illinois was playing great basketball. Yeah. Um, and they got a tough draw too, like like Mike mentioned, it was. But still, it's you, you got to win when you can. But that was probably the biggest surprise. And I also agree with you too, there, Mike. I I wasn't too surprised by the upsets. That's what March is all about. I mean, the, the upsets is what it's all about. You're going to see them when, when they happen. So, uh, pro- probably probably that uh, the the Big Ten just completely falling on their faces. Just I mean, I don't even just the Ohio States and the Illinois of the world. I mean, you, like Purdue, 
Purdue, had no, Purdue, yeah. had, I Purdue in my lead eight. Purdue is no business losing North Texas. Yeah. We, yeah. We talked about that last week was I think all three of us pretty much agreed. Like they had a really solid path. They should have uh, sweet 16 should have been a low tier for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I thought it was a no brainer. They were going into the sweet 16. So teams like that, obviously, um, uh, you know, and, that, and that's what kind of, but also at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, Mike and I, we're we're Big Ten guys. We're, you know, we we pretty much are Big Ten babes over here. I love it. Big Ten um, babes. <laughs> yeah, but 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 I love, I love when those teams lose. Like people are big conference people. I know uh-huh. the SEC. I'm not. Yeah, no. I'm not, and I know a lot of like SEC fans are like that. Uh, well, I just show that because I live here. Well, you live here too. You see, like, yeah, oh, I just want to see the SEC. When I'm like, why? Yeah, that's Why? always been, like, that's always been a strange thing to me. And yeah, and I'm glad you're, you're seeing on the that same with the Pac-12 here. now. Mm-hmm. Like that's a weird. Yeah. thing. You don't, you don't see a lot of that in in the big dance. I don't feel like maybe yeah. I, maybe I've just not noticed that. But now, like you said, there's there's a lot of like conference love now. Yeah, it's I'm like no. Ohio State lost. I was happy as can be. I I was like yeah yeah see ya yeah they'll let the door inch on the way out like you know and so I I love seeing you know and then same with Iowa losing. Got Garza. Oh my gosh! Finally, leave. Had good luck in the NBA, bro. <laughs> See ya. Get out of the conference. Bye. Like it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Him and Bo Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I agree with Ben on your like the Pac-12. I do kind of get it because I do think the Pac-12 is you know always the little brother of the Power Five, and they're the they're the disrespected mm-hmm. conference. So I do. I don't hate it with the Pac-12, and but I agree 100 with Ben with the Big Ten, the Big 12. Like again, the SEC. Like if anyone listened to our podcast, we know our everyone knows my thoughts on the sec and like i think it's the biggest loser mentality that like auburn fans act like alabama beating Clemson oh. makes makes auburn look good yeah. as auburn's getting smoked in their bowl game for the fifth year in a row um but i agree with ben it's like yeah i i hope florida state crushes michigan because <laughs> I, I i again maybe more in football but especially in basketball like especially in football basketball too it's like i'm happier when michigan loses than i am when penn state wins because I hate everything about them. So I hope Florida Ooh. State crushes them. Um, so, yeah, I do think the, the the conference kind of, you know, love is – it does get a little weird. Um, but, hey, the Pac-12 is kind of, you know, the little brother. So I don't I don't hate the way they're kind of rallying behind their the, – the, the crazy Bill Walton leading the charge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me neither. It's like it's one of those things. They do their thing, but I, I was – I thought the Iowa thing was just a terrible matchup because they're not yeah, they're yeah. not a great they're not a great defensive team and Duarte and those guys lit them up like a Christmas tree. I was not expect I was like these guys are going to get a hundred real quick. In <laughs> oh yeah, I thought so too. I'm like oh they're getting triple digits. Yeah, yeah. To be, would, like I'm I'm embarrassed. You know I'm embarrassed by Ohio State and Ohio State was embarrassing. Purdue was embarrassing. But I guess Ben, I picked Oregon to beat. I, I bet I bet against them. I think Oregon's better than Iowa. I thought that was a great matchup for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that wasn't an upset. Like Oregon, I picked them to win. I, I think Oregon's just as good as, as Iowa. It's just, it was a bad matchup for, for the Hawks. So that one to me, wasn't as big an upset as kind of people are acting. Yeah. Plus they, had, was, they didn't have to play the day before. They didn't have to play, which was, that was, that's also part of me. Everybody has their suspicions on, and like theories on if you wait forever, you're not going to be as good. Because you look at what happened to Baylor, like mid, I guess late mid season, you know they went on that really. Um, they lost, almost lost to Iowa State, and uh, you know it didn't look good. And you're like, oh, you don't want to take a break. And that was the thing with Mich- or with the Virginia. That was my theory. It was like, oh, they're gonna not get there till Friday. They've not practiced. Upset alert, baby. Sure didn't happen. 
sure didn't happen. So yeah, I was uh I was a little sad by our Dayton boys. Or sorry, not our Dayton, Ohio boys. Ohio guys, I really wanted them. I I fell in love after last week. You guys got me on that wagon, and it just it didn't come into fruition for the Sweet 16. I bet them. I bet them plus 800 to make the Sweet 16. And oh. a lot of that was again. I, I I picked if you remember from the pod. I, I had US uh, UCSV beating Creighton, so yeah. I was kind of hoping for that. You know, 13-12 matchup. Instead, we had the 13-5, and then. Uh, Preston just really struggled shooting, but I mean, hey, we got the we got the first the, we got the win over Virginia. Me yeah. and Ben both we and me and Ben both bet a money line, so we kind of we double dipped on there. So we'll always have that. Hey, the, the Mac, that's the only conference I have pride for. Is I root for that the Mac every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> actions actions one of the best things ever. Yeah, this it, was, we, we may the, have Big Ten we may have Big Ten beebs, but we also have Mikey Maction. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey Maction. <laughs> Love that. I uh I think like the weirdest big surprise for me was just like the volume of upsets. I mean, this is now like the highest total like average seed for a sweet 16 at like five point, what is it, five point eight? Uh, if you want to do like an average seed, which is insane. I mean, yes, there were some great upsets, but also even from a betting perspective, this was the most teams ever. With a uh, that had, were a seven point dog or higher to now make to now win, and it's like, oh my, that's crazy! Like seven point dogs winning money line straight out. Uh-huh. Like, hmm, that's tough to go around. And I mean, you know, some people are thinking like that was going to be like uh, U- USC, but they were favored against Kansas. Weirdly yeah. enough, so yeah, they were they were uh, they were balling out. Uh, what was y'all's favorite game from the weekend? Um. I'm going to go – so I'll go back to the first round. This was a game I talked about a lot as being – I thought I thought would be one of the most exciting games in the first round. Of course, I had the over, which didn't even come close. But it was still a great game, and that was Ohio State versus Oral Roberts. Um, yeah. Because I think you had you had a, a two high-scoring teams, even though they didn't necessarily you know hit the over, but you had a good offensive showdown. You had uh, like C.J. Liddell going up against – you know. Uh, a Smith and O'Banner. Uh, I think they see, I think A Smith and O'Banner combined for like 50, like what, 59 points. 59, yeah. So you had the two of that. O'Banner had 30. Um, obviously, you know, the 15 beats the two in overtime. Uh, so that was probably my, my favorite game. Although I just want to add the one thing I, I was just thinking about before we jumped on here. Am I forgetting something? Obviously, we had Virginia Tech hit the buzzer beater to send it to overtime against Florida. Did we get a single buzzer beater to win a game yet? Mm-mm. No. Actually, I feel like that's like rare. It's like I can't. I don't think there was. Yeah, there was no single like buzzer beater to win a game the whole so far in the whole tournament. That was gonna, that's a strange one. Was we're yeah, get this was first weekend. This weekend now. I hope so. I mean, I mean, yeah, I hope yeah. so too. I feel like normally we get you know three or four. Sometimes I remember we had a couple of years where you feel like you're getting you know three or four within like a twenty minute span. It's like every time you change the channel, someone's in a buzzer beater. I mean, you had the Virginia, and that the Virginia Tech was the first game of the the tournament. So it's like yeah. you got the first one, start off with a bang, and then it was just like slowly downhill. And then, I mean, Monday's games were all like twenty point. <laughs> Monday's games sung were so they were terrible. I, the I the closest game was the closest game, I believe, was the Oregon beating Iowa by eight. Wasn't that the closest one? Yeah, uh, yeah. Looking at was it right that now. game, I, it, it was eight. One one game was eight point difference. 
all the other ones were double digit. I thought it was yeah. Oregon Iowa. I could be remembering. My my no. favorite game. My favorite game. No, no, no. Was it was uh, well, it might have been LSU. LSU Michigan. Michigan was eight. That was that was all the other game. ones were double. All the other ones were double digit. <laughs> Beat downs. My favorite game had to be Ohio. I mean, come on, man. They they down they take down the the defending champs, and especially because we were so high on them. Uh, and it was just fun to watch. And then you got because you had Jason Preston obviously doing his thing, but he wasn't even scoring that much in that game. He was distributing the ball at an exceptional rate. A couple of the passes mm-hmm. he were, he was making there down the stretch was great. And and we had a March name. I, I love the names you see in March. Uh, BVP Ben Vanderplas. That's a March <laughs> yes. name. That's a March yes. name. If I've ever if I ever heard one comes down, it's back to back threes. Gives the Bob Kitties the lead. BVP I think he had like about seventeen or eighteen points. You had Jason Preston distributing it at a, at a high level, and they were able to pull away from the Cavs. And and it was just a cool little storyline to see. I mean, you have a team like that from the MAC. Everyone, everyone knows who the MAC is. For, if you're a college football fan, especially, just because I mean, play game on games on Tuesday nights. It's great, and so uh, to see Ohio do it was was really cool. Um, and uh, it was cool to see it because, especially because we were so because we it was it was just nice to be like, hey, we 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 saw this happening. We had a good feeling about it. And we 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 talked a lot about it, and obviously, it's always good to see, know when you're when you're right, but. It was, it was it was actually a really fun game to watch. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I don't know if this is bad because it's a favorite, and I don't mean to harp on them, but that Rutgers collapse. Ooh, yeah, was that was tough to watch if you're a Rutgers fan, but that was a really good game, and I felt pretty bad for those guys because that was an absolute disaster, and uh, but it was such a good game, such a good watch. Coming down to the stretch, I was so tired. It was one of those weekends. I mean, boys, playing basketball when you hadn't played in 18 months is brutal on the body. I <laughs> stayed up, I stayed up late Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, all watching games. Also, and I watched the Snyder cut um in two sittings um this weekend. So I was like, man, I, I can't wait to get to go to sleep. There's gonna be some scrub games on. I don't really care about Rutgers, you know, whatever. But I stayed up and I watched yeah. just like everybody else. And I felt so bad for Rutgers. And that was a good game. It just kept me into it. And I was like, no, surely not. Surely they're not going to do this. And then Houston just staying alive, staying alive and hitting, hitting little shots, you know, causing turnovers. And Houston pulls it out. And here they are. This strange two seed that I don't feel like has a ton of fan base, but here they are. Poor Rutgers, man. You know, they, they've waited all, all, all these years to get back to the tournament. They win a game. Everyone's like, all right, we're good. And they're like, they're probably satisfied. You imagine a lot of their fans were probably satisfied after the, the, the first win. It's like, okay, I mean, we got the tournament. We won a game. Like, it feels good. And then you're like, holy crap, we're going to go to Sweet 16. We're going to go to Sweet yeah. 16. And, like, they had, like, that probably, like, 30 to 45-minute, like, thing there. Like, you know, time period. They were like, we're going to go to Sweet 16. And that came crashing down. Like that, <laughs> so bad, dude. And it just—it's Rutgers, man. It's Rutgers. It's like, oh gosh, man. That's that was tough to see, but hey, could spark a little Houston run here. You got you, you get a lot of confidence when you come back and win a game like that. One hundred percent. And I know Houston's another one that's been uh, in a lot of people's final four in that bracket. Uh, Michigan's proved me wrong. I really thought I thought no matter who won that eight nine between St. Bonnie and LSU, I was like they're going to beat them. They'll beat them, but I was wrong, and here they are. 
that LSU game was really good too. That was probably the best one yesterday. So yeah, it was decent. I was I was actually watching that one. Uh, well, I watched a good bit of them, but I was watching that one obviously last night um, for work. For work. Of for work. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and yeah, it was it was entertaining there for a little bit, but that's. Uh, I mean, Michigan, they're going to slide. They're going to slide by. Watch them slide all the way into the Final Four, too. And they're the team that no one was high on from the Big Ten. And they'll be the lone survivor. Yeah. I don't know, man. I was a really good weekend overall. I mean, outside of, like, no buzzer beaters. But I was pleased. I mean, not as an actual fan from Tennessee and Carolina. Uh, Can we can we talk about – I talked about it yesterday on the radio – uh, with my boy G from 1051. If you guys haven't checked that man out here in Chattanooga or in the Chattanooga area, 1051, noon to two. My boy G is great. He's doing awesome. He's a brand new guy here. Been here like a month and a half, killing it so far. So uh, check him out. But then, yeah, I was just talking about little Tennessee Vols yesterday. Were you guys surprised at all as outside fans? They stink. It's it just they're they're two teams. They're like Harvey Dent. They're Harvey. They're the Harvey Dent of college basketball. They come out and they come out and they do that. And they could play them the next day and blow them out by twenty, and look mm-hmm. like they, they look like a team that they could win the national championship. Yep. It's 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 it, that was the story for them all season long. So when you say were we surprised? No, because that was the team they were all season long. I wouldn't have been surprised if they blew them out too. I wouldn't have been surprised. It's just like you didn't know. It's a flip of a coin. It was a coin flip on on what, what team was going to show up. And uh, and they didn't. And then also it would have made it worse as Oregon State did. It's a team that's in the Sweet 16 now. They came out and and they, it wasn't just like a Tennessee played terrible and Oregon State you know snuck by. Like no, Oregon State came out and played some good ball and Tennessee was playing yeah. like crap and and that's what you got out of it. So no, I mean it, it's it's uh, it's unbelievable. It stinks given the talent that they have on that roster. It's probably you know you have and then uh, it's it stinks for John Fulkerson too, obviously. Um, and you see, obviously, a lot of this stuff comes out afterwards uh, about Folky. He's like, yeah, he didn't remember, uh, you know, the game when he got hit. And I'm like, and then you think about it, you're like, uh, that makes sense. Dude, yeah. I like, mean, absolutely rocked in the side of the temple with an elbow. So and you, you, you hate it for him. You hate it for some couple of those guys. You imagine a couple of those, fre- you know, one or two of those freshmen going to go to the league. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same, on, on the other side of the coin, it's like, well, he's still got another couple of five stars still coming in because that, that's Rick Barnes and that's the way he does. So the future's still bright, but uh, kind of kind of falling into that Mike Tomlin type of talk where, hey, he's great. Yeah, it's great. No losing seasons. You know, Rick Barnes is great. He's getting your program to, to the tournament, but what are you doing in it? Nothing. Yeah. What do you think, do? Mike? Yeah, obviously, you know, me and Ben kind of look at look at a lot of things through through the gambling lens as, you know, and if anyone, obviously me and Ben host, you know, the competition problem and, and anybody who listened to our competition problem episode last week, we were talked, we were, you know, we were giving out our best bets for the tournament and yeah, it was, it was easy to sit here and in my bracket, I picked Tennessee to win because, you know, you have to pick every game, but I'm, we were talking about it and, and I told Ben, I was like, yeah, I think you guys know too. I was very low on Oregon State. I didn't think they were for real. Obviously, you know, they've, they've made a good run. So good on them. But Ben said, I'm like, Hey, I think Tennessee wins this game, but I'm certainly not betting my money on it. It's it, mm. it comes down to like Tennessee's just not a team you want to invest money in. You don't want to have to, you know, it's like investing in a stock that you you've seen torpedo at any given moment and you know could again. Um, it's almost similar to how I talked about for the Oklahoma Missouri game is that they were similar teams, but Tennessee yeah. almost Tennessee. I don't remember what they were, but preseason they were getting talked about as like 
a one a potential one seed. Dark horse, so, dark horse, one seed. Yeah, yeah. They were, I mean, they were picked to win the SEC. I mean, I, I thought yeah. I was telling people, I'm like, oh, they're going to win the SEC this year. Yeah. So to me, I mean, them being a five seed in, in itself was a massive disappointment. Mm-hmm. And like Ben said, they play Oregon State fifty times, or they play Oregon State a hundred times. They probably win fifty of them by twenty points, and they probably lose fifty of them by you know double di- <laughs> double digits. That's just like the way they are, and it, it makes it's no exactly sense. Exactly what it is, and it's it's it has to be as you know Tennessee fans out there. They might be one of the most infuriating teams to be a fan of right now because you you can see how good they are, and and you see it. You've seen games where you're like, this team is so dominant, and then like two days later, you're like, what the hell happened? It's the same team, and they stink. Yeah. Um, but I will say, as Ben said, you know, you guys have more five stars coming. Hey, bright side, your basketball program is in much better position than your football program. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. It's Thanks for tough. reminding them, Mike. Thanks no, for that was, reminding them. That was a little, that was a little compliment yeah. and an insult all wrapped hey, in one. You, know, you, <laughs> can, you can check yourself. Re- I'll see you next weekend, Mike. We're going to go <laughs> out to the parking right, lot. Right, Thanks for having yeah. me, guys. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for reminding them, Mike. They had no idea. No idea what was going on. I'm going to take you outside of Mike's and I'm going to have my way with you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) But no, no, that's, it's the hundred percent truth. Like it, it's so frustrating. And I, and I do think, and I've got an article coming out tomorrow about like the expectations and reality versus with the Rick Barnes. You're getting everything you want out of the guy as far as recruiting Player development since day one has been awesome. He's made guys that were irrelevant in college basketball into all SEC players quick and in a hurry. Low, low time recruits. I mean, John Fulkerson, it looks like a newborn baby deer in his first two years, two years of college basketball. That dude standing up was a, a problem. And then, you know, he had these spurts of like great athleticism. I mean, he's obviously a good shot blocker, pretty good athlete overall, but man, did he have some uncoordinated moments and Look what he turned him into last year. So it is one of those things. It's very frustrating. Um, the fact that you're getting early exits, but it could be a product of his own success in other areas. So that's what the kind of that article is based on tomorrow. So it's, we'll see how that goes. I, I don't know, man. Um, I actually said, I sent Ben this, this, I saw this tweet. I sent it to Ben. Uh, I think I, I do think Rick Barnes is a good coach. Like you said, he gets a lot of his talent. He's a great recruiter, mm-hmm. but I saw this tweet. Rick Barnes has now been eliminated in the NCAA tournament by a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and thanks to Oregon State, a twelve seed. It's impressive. Wow. Ben, and Ben, like, I was just saying this, Ben. You want to know who Rick Barnes reminds me of? Who, who's Jamie Dixon. Like? Jamie Dixon at Pitt. Where? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's one. a good comparison. Great, great recruiter. They have Great tons recruiter. of talent. Their teams are always, you know, three seed, four seed, and they lose to like a 12 seed in the first round every single year. And you're just like, you, your brain is like, Man. I know he's a good coach. I see it. He's always a good coach. But we just can't do anything in the tournament. That, Jamie Dixon's pit teams were very similar to these these uh, Rick Barnes teams. And they were, the top, they were the top overall seed in the tournament on two occasions. I mean, and, and then the one, the one year they finally got – I remember because when I was growing up, I mean, we obviously that was Pitt. I don't have an NBA team in the Berg. And Pitt basketball was everything. They're playing in the Big East, best conference ever. Oh, yeah. Big East basketball, best conference ever. And it was the best games ever. The Pete was rocking. The Oakland Zoo was one of the best staples of college basketball. And they were, they were, they would get to the Sweet 16 and never get by. And then I remember the one year they finally got to the Elite Eight and then they lost. Scotty Reynolds went coast to coast and Villanova beat him. And then the next year or a couple years, 
but two years later, they were number one seed again. And that was when Kemba Walker uh, broke Gary McGee's ankles and they lost to Butler in the second round. It's, you're yeah. absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Mike. That's a really good comparison. That's a great comparison. I, I never even thought about that. Yeah, that's wow. excellent. Because there's some great pit teams, man. He recruited all, from the Bronx and New York. Got yeah. some dogs on that team. It was, and they were tough too, because they, they, they were actually talking about Pitt. Uh, a couple of the national guys were talking about Pitt over the weekend. Those old teams where you had guys down low, they didn't have like six, ten guys. See, like the old Pitt teams were like six, eight, six, you know, six, eight, six, nine. Dwan, yeah, Dwan Blair playing like like he was seven. Like Dwan, yeah, Dwan Blair. Dwan Blair, Dwan Blair just throwing Dwan Blair, dudes. Yeah, Dwan Blair couldn't jump over a dictionary, but he got it done in the paint. Oh, he You're got like, it man, done. In the how paint. is he getting rebounds? He's not even leaving the ground. <laughs> Yeah. He was a monster. They were they were dogs, man. They were so fun to watch. They were. But you're man. right. Great comparison. I, I don't know. It is. I, I will say this. I think this is pound for pound with your overall talent, what you had coming back, and kind of what you've done so far in an establishment. I think this is probably Rick Barnes's biggest blunder of a season. And it kind of sucks to say. That's fair too. That's a fair assessment. Yeah, just blunder is a good term. It's the biggest blunder, if you will. Yeah, especially because so, you look you look in hindsight of like how bad Kentucky was, where it's like, yeah. okay, this is this is your year to dominate the because Kentucky's not going to be bad forever. So like, yeah. this is your this is the year where you know, okay, someone else has a chance to step up and 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 dominate that conference, and everyone thought it was going to be Tennessee, and it turned out to be Alabama. But it's like, all right, you're not going to have many opportunities where Kentucky's trash and. No, you have a you have a clear path to the SEC championship, and and they really just you know yeah blew it. Yeah, I mean even even if you keep the surprise that is Alabama, and I mean it is a surprise to be as good as they are. I mean Nate Oates is oh man that guy's fantastic. I was just talking about that. Did you guys see the uh, the way they have like their pickup game scoring to make sure they get the field goal adjustment stuff? You guys ever seen that? It's like they have like different layers and subsections throughout their half court when they run their pickup games and you know, everything like inside the lane is worth four points. Mid range jumpers are worth like one and a half, you know, it's just kind of weird scoring, but it makes sure you shoot open shots and take the right shots. And it just, you know, in that mindset. And so that's changed the way they've scored. You know, he's like, we were taking a bunch of mid range shots. And that's what Tennessee does. Sometimes when they look good and they score a lot, it's like sometimes you just have a good night from the mid-range. But when they play bad, it's just because they're missing the normal shots they take. So it's frustrating to watch and you see the development and you see the mindset change of like, this is where we need to score from, guys. And look what Alabama's done, man. Knock down threes, get to the lane, finish. Learn how to finish. You know, if, you know, if you're going to have to run after practice from losing a pickup game, you're going to get those four-point buckets. So – Pretty cool analysis there, but uh, let's move on, boys. Let's talk about Sweet 16 this weekend. You want to start up top here? Florida State. Well, let's go. Actually, start this one. I got a weird bracket here. Florida State, Michigan. Who you got? Mike Allenello, go first. I think this is going to be the best game of the Sweet 16. Uh, I think this is going to be the closest. I think this one could go either way. Um, I know we talked about, you know, hate, hating the, the conference loyalty. I hope Florida State scrubs them, but I'm going to go Michigan. Um, I think we, we've seen, you know, the, the, the reaction to uh, 
with livers being out was maybe a little yeah. overblown. Um, and you look at the numbers, like I know obviously everyone uses Ken Palm for Ken Palm has Michigan ranked there. Michigan is more efficient on offense. They're more efficient on defense. They're a better two point percentage team, better three point percentage team, better free throw shooting team. They turn the ball over less. So Michigan, I mean, they've just been better than Florida state in every aspect this year. Um, I mean, Florida state's great. Don't get me wrong. Like they, they were great in the ACC. They're obviously very deserving of being here. I just think at the end of that, again, I think it's going to be very close. I just think Michigan still has enough dudes. Um, obviously Hunter Dickinson, their seven, one freshman Florida state has that tall Serbian dude. I forget his name, but I don't think he's going to be able to stop Dickinson. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and, and they still have Franz Wagner, like Smith, Eli Brooks. And, and with, with livers going out, the Sean D Brown guy has come out of nowhere. I mean, he had okay. 21, 21 against LSU and, especially most of that came in the second half. And when they started going to him, it did, it did not look like he could score every time he touched the ball. If he wanted every, to every single time he did the same thing, every single play. And like, they just couldn't stop it. Uh, yep. Eli, Eli Brooks had a great game. Uh, the big thing for me too, is if you watch the, the Michigan LSU game, that crowd was 90% Michigan fans. Um, obviously, you know, limited capacity, but Michigan in Indianapolis, you know, is big 10 country and, and Michigan mm-hmm. to close trip to Michigan. There were a lot of Michigan fans in that crowd. So for a game, I think is going to be very close. I like the crowd, you know, being able to help Michigan keep runs going and, and kind of put a halt to Florida state runs. I think this would be the best game of the uh, weekend, but I'm going to say Michigan pulls out a close one against Florida state. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Mike, when it comes to one of the better better on like when you look at it on paper, like Florida State, Michigan, I mean, these are these are gonna be two 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 good teams uh, going at it. I, I'm looking forward to it, uh, for sure. I, I I could co-sign that and it's one of the best games, if not the best game, at least on paper for the weekend, uh, going into it. But uh you, you talk a lot about, you know, the, the there's like the the blue bud programs that are always there. You know, you have your Michigan there and and uh and obviously um when you talk blue bloods, you think like, oh, UCLA is uh, around. And then, you know, Syracuse and the, these teams that are typically always in the mix. Florida State's very much in that new school, new school program mentality. Uh, th- this is a, just a new school in the sense of like they, they've had a really good team the last the last two years. And, they, and, they, and then this, they've been building to this to this moment. Leonard Hamilton is a um, is, is a Hall of Fame coach. He needs to be, and this is uh, this is his chance to absolutely prove it. I think this Seminoles team. Uh, last year was really flipping good, and they didn't yeah. get a chance to prove it. They didn't get a chance to prove it. Like Monk saw their teams, and I think they're trying to prove it this year. So I think it will be close, but I like the Knowles, especially getting three points too. Uh, I do like Florida State. I think it could give them problems. They're going to be a problem. And Michigan's just – yeah, they, they, they beat LSU, and they, they won their one game, but they haven't really impressed me too much. And, and Florida, State, Florida State has. And shame on you, Mike. Uh, Florida State knocked down – Electric factory Isaiah Miller sent him home packing, <laughs> beat him by double digits. But, didn't co- but, but they didn't cover Ben. They didn't cover. They didn't cover. But <laughs> I do. I think it go either way. It, it, it could be a coin flip when it comes to that. They also look who did they beat? Who they beat in their second round game? I, I keep forgetting. I don't have the bracket Colorado. in front of me. Colorado, Colorado. Who, who who piped Georgetown. Granted, like Mike was preaching, Georgetown just wasn't really a good team. They <laughs> kind of just got hot in, in, in the Big East, but. Still, I mean, come on, it's a 12-5 matchup, you know, about those 12-5 matchups all too well. And Colorado, I mean, just absolutely stroked Georgetown. And then 
kind of got choked themselves by Florida State. I think Florida State's playing good ball. They're in the second weekend. They're looking to prove themselves. It's going to be a good game. like the Knowles to get three really a lot too. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Benny. I really like the way that Florida State came out, and they're so versatile. They came out and they put that seven-footer on McKinley Wright, and that just caused him issues, man. They have so many guys defensively they are going to cause Michigan trouble too. Uh, obviously, Franz Fogner is going to be great. He's going to—he's always causing issues too. But they're going to throw multiple guys at him between Raekwon and Scotty Barnes. They're just going to have a lot too. And I—and I'm really—I'm with you. I've always liked Leonard Hamilton. I feel bad for them last year. I—I I do think they were one of those two or three teams that, and probably Dayton too is one of those like you probably had your chance to get one and uh, it kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a little bit of like chip on your shoulder factor. I know Michigan had that a little bit first weekend because myself, I, I wrote them off. I was like, without levers, we've seen some of the numbers. You're like, eh, it's taking to work, but here they are. They found a fix and uh, Juwan's been great, but I, I do think this is going to be an awesome game, but I, I do like the Knowles to take this one. And uh, I think they're just a little bit more athletic. I think they take over. I think, I think Florida State and Leonard Hamilton move on to lead eight, baby. So it's gonna be a good game, though. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely as pumped up like Mike is for it. It's gonna be fun. That's the uh, the second second lowest spread on the board. Michigan's uh, three point favorites right now. So uh, second second lowest spread. Oh, okay, okay. Um, let's move on. To, we'll just go ahead and do their matchup. Uh, UCLA Alabama. Mm. I'll go first on this one, I guess, since Mike went first last time. Uh, Bama's starting to play. Bama's starting to play good ball, man. I mean, obviously, you know, UCLA is uh, got a nice little run first. Yeah, always love seeing a little first four in team get to make a little run in the yeah. state sixteen win win three games. Uh, I'm sure everybody in America is going to be cheering for for UCLA. <laughs> Shoot, I know I will be. Uh, but. Um, I look at the you look at gambling wise. I mean, they're getting six, so it's like that's that tweener state. But Alabama, I think ever since Iona kind of gave them that first half scare, uh, and uh, and they really turned it on the second half. Came out pipe Maryland yesterday. I I think Alabama I think in their mind uh, they just got to keep playing their basketball. I mean, they live by that three, but uh, I like the Crimson Tide getting the elite eight. I think it's going to take a little bit more more than UCLA to knock them out. Yep. I think Alabama pumps them. Uh, I think this actually will be one of the more lopsided games. Um, great, great for UCLA. You know, they've had a great run, but when you really look at it, it's like, all right, they beat a Michigan State team that really wasn't good. Uh, should have lost. They should have lost yeah, that game. Michigan yeah, State had it. That was honestly the best game. That, and that was probably the tightest game they played. I mean, BYU, yeah. like, I don't know. Is BYU that good? I mean, and then they beat Abilene Christian, who, yeah, beat, you know, Texas, but they're 14th seed. And, and that historically, you know, Obviously, we're seeing it this year is a little different with you know Oral Roberts and stuff. But if you look historically, like those really low seeds that pull off upsets, they historically always get smacked the second game. So I mean, they played you know they didn't play actually play anyone. And you look at those numbers too. Uh, BYU shot seventeen percent from three, and Abilene Christian Yikes. shot twenty one percent from three. Those two teams made a combined seven three pointers. Bama will have that halfway through the first quarter. Uh, so they kind of won based on, you know, just poor shooting. And historically, UCLA is 198th in the country at defending the three. Uh, and like Ben said, 
yeah, Bama, you know, putzed around against Iona and, but then they turned it on. And when they're feeling it, I mean, they went 16 for 33 from three. If you're hitting 16 threes a game, good luck. Be like, no, who's beating you. And th- they're so deep with, you know, they have, uh, like, I mean, okay. If Shackelford goes cold. All right, fine. John Petty will hit five threes. Yeah. And if he's cold, all right, fine. We'll just feed Herbert Jones all game. Uh, and, their defense is so good and UCLA is bad on defense and they're good on offense. And that kind of plays right into Bama's hand. Who's good on defense and also good on offense. So I, I just think again, UCLA's weakness is defending the three and that just sets up and they got lucky by poor shooting in two games in a row. And that's not going to happen against Bama. I think Bama's just going to continue to rain threes. And you saw it. They're one of those teams where UCLA could play a perfect game. They could play their A game. They can hit all their shots. If 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 Alabama's hitting their threes, no one's beating them. So I think Alabama has no problem with with UCLA here. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with it. We'll we're running three back here. They just have everybody that can guard between Zuzang and Jaquez and Bernard. Like those three guards are really good. Don't get me wrong, but if somebody can match up well with them, it's Alabama. I mean, Herb Petty even all the way down to Quinnery, like these guys are fantastic. And I really just think they're just all around better from each spot. And it's a, it's a game of matchups. Like that's, we've seen that with from Loyola down to whoever, I mean, Ohio versus Virginia. It's just a game of matchups. And that's not a good matchup for UCLA. And I'll, I'll go with you, Mike. I think this is the biggest route in the 16. So uh, I, I think Alabama's going to roll. And I hate to say roll tide. I'm not going to do that. That's gross. Uh, <laughs> UCLA, though. UCLA, though. America's team, baby. Oh, America's they are, baby. This weekend. And now I always do feel like I thought the winner of the Michigan State UCLA game would be the 11 seed to keep running. Like there's always one. Yeah. So I was like, if that 11 seed, that game is going to win it. I mean, I was like, I, I thought it was going to be Michigan State. I really did. That's who I had to go to my sweet 16, but. Swing and you miss. That was bad all weekend. Who cares? UCLA uh, is undefeated since I wore Reggie Miller's UCLA jersey on the podcast. Just going to say that. Hey, Three UCLA now. UCLA has more wins in the tournament than anybody else. That's there true. You go. They do. They do, Mike. Good one. I am going to post that video, and I'm going to make sure UCLA gives you a shout-out, man. 3-0. Three, 3-0 <laughs> since I've done the Reggie Miller UCLA jersey. Boom. There you go. I, oh, I, need, to get like a, I need to get a screenshot from last week and just let them know. Be like, hey. Since this came out, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what's happening. It's just facts. See, facts did, are did you facts. See, did you see Abilene Christian had a dude on their team named Reggie Miller? No. No way. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, let's move back up top. Gonzaga Creighton. Do we, do we really need to? Gonzaga. <laughs> Gonzaga wins. I mean, they. I, 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 I took them. Wait, let's, let's, let's have a more interesting debate. Let's have okay. a real discussion. Okay, what do you can got? Creighton, can Creighton does Creighton have a chance to keep this within double digits? Because Gonzaga's won twenty five straight games by double digits. They're twenty eight and zero this year. Twenty seven of them are by double digits. The only team that, to keep it under ten was the West Virginia, lost by five. So That's the wild. spread the, the spread for this is thirteen and a half. They beat Oof. they what well, they beat Oklahoma by sixteen seventeen because me and Ben laid the yeah. fourteen and they covered. Yeah, they covered. So can can basically let's do can Gonzaga cover 13 and a half? I think 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm that I'm I'm laying 13 and a half with the Zags. I'm 100 betting them. Creighton, like, I just don't think. I mean, I just don't think they're. The, I mean, good for them in the Sweet 16, but I mean that just plays. It just plays right into Gonzaga's hand here. I think they they could beat them by 20. I'm definitely yeah. taking 13 and a half. Yeah, your uh, Timmy's gonna have another 30 point game. <laughs> Timmy, Timmy, it might be college basketball's favorite player right now. Love, they, look, great name. Typical, like, let's call it what it is. Typical Gonzaga white dude that's just balling out with the, with the handlebar mustache. With the handle, oh my gosh! If you the hipster look, it just works, man. And they definitely cover. They're it's gonna be fourteen fifteen, I think. Um, They're so good. They they may go yeah. on. I think it was. Zegarowski is one of the best names too. Like you just, <laughs> you, you was, just gotta keep. I'm trying guy. to think. Was it the was it the Tyler Hansborough North Carolina team that went to the finals and they won every tournament game by at least ten points? Yeah, that was the most I dominant. Think, that was the Gonzaga, most dominant Gonzaga, team. Gonzaga, I think Gonzaga does the same thing. I don't like even looking at this. I don't see any team keeping it within ten until they get to maybe Baylor. Yeah, and even I then, was, I mean. The, the Gonzaga, they're so like if you don't watch them, you should. They're unbelievable to watch because yeah. they're 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 the perfect team of like, and you saw you saw like Illinois is is I just assume got shut down and Illinois just you know they 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 fell apart. Gonzaga, that's not going to happen to them because they're so versatile. They have and they beat like Corey Kispert just starts raining threes, and then as soon as you adjust to kind of take him out. They feed Drew Timmy inside all day long. He puts up 30. Kispert is f- shot 45% this year. He's 10 for 17 this tournament. 10 for 17 from three. Yeah. And that's on top of Timmy's 30. And then, you know, you, you start, you know, flying wings out on Kispert. And then Jalen Suggs just carves you up yeah, driving that, the ball. So they, just, they, they, have, they have three ways they can beat you with three All-Americans all differently. So uh, their recipe to, to do it is they can literally they can pound you inside they can drain you from three they can you know gash it gash it all day there, there's just there's no way to stop them they have no problem with Creighton. Yeah, this is that's this Gonzaga team is probably the most balanced team I've seen in a long time. A long but, time. honestly, probably since probably since, since that, that Carolina. at North Carolina. Yeah, with Raymond yeah. Felton and and that was, that was that was that was Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington, Lawson, Lawson, Lawson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was Felton Sean May? Was that the yeah? Team? Sean it was yeah. Sean May, Rashard McCants. Sean was May was like Sean May was like six ten, three hundred and eighty pounds. That boy was thick, triple C thick. <laughs> but he was good, man. <laughs> he was really good. They played that awesome Illinois team. I can't believe we beat those guys. Um, that was great, great national championship. I actually rewatched that one. DJ, DJ Augustine. Yeah, he was, was on the Illinois team, wasn't he? No, no, no. That was Darren Williams, Luther Head. And then they had some other like big post white dude that was uh, kind of like a stretch four. I can't remember his name. <laughs> I actually, I re I rewatched that on national championship ship day. What would have been, I watched, I rewatched that one in honor of it being the great day that it would have been last year during quarantine. <laughs> and man, do I, did you miss HD? Goodness gracious. <laughs> Even back in 05, those, those cameras were so bad. <laughs> still funny still funny all right on to uh usc oregon pack 12 one of them's gotta go i'm uh i'm gonna take the big boys in the in the size at usc i think the mobley bros are too good 
Um, Isaiah White, he impressed me last game. I, I didn't know much about him. I watched, I'll, I'll be honest, I knew about the Mobley guys. I mean, obviously, you know what Evan's going to be. And uh, Isaiah, they looked really solid. They they were way better than I thought. I, I just kind of heard, I don't watch a lot of Pac-12. I watched Oregon a few times. Um, and then I could only take so much of uh of our big boy oh, bill walton yeah and so i, I get you know, between between the, between the oregon court and his voice there's just it's tough to watch man it's tough but i just believe in that size oregon might have just made every shot they could possibly make against <laughs> iowa so i just don't know how many times you can make shots so i i i like i think the size of and uh, I think this is a really nice. Hey, that guy's going to the. It's like a top three pick. Let's watch Mobley, and then he really just does work. So I know some people called him out for being a little passive too. So shout out to podcast for making him work a little harder this week. Mm-hmm. This this one shocked me a bit. Uh, I, I shocked myself here because, as as you know, Ben knows, I picked I picked Oregon over Iowa. Uh, I picked or- I picked this Oregon USC matchup, and in my bracket, I had Oregon moving on. And Ben knows really? I've been high in I've been high in Oregon all year. Ooh. And then I- and then for this podcast, you know, once the matchup was set, I dug in, and my bracket says Oregon, but I think I'm picking USC. Okay, for exactly the reason you said is they. USC is just so much bigger than them. They're, huge. they're, the, t- they're the tallest team in America. You got you think you said Evan Mobley's awesome, seven feet tall, just a monster inside. And Oregon, if you look at their st- their starting lineup, is bananas. They don't have a starter who's taller than six six. And and their starters are six six from point guard to center. All five of them are six foot six. They're just straight across. Straight line. <laughs> they got a straight six foot six point guard and a six foot six center. Um they're they're just and you know if you have if you have a team like an Alabama who cares Alabama's just going to stroke threes all day and never, Mobley's not going to have any input on the game. Oregon, that's not really their offense. You know they're ninety six in the country in uh, percentage of points that come from three. They, they're you know you saw it with I mean Chris Duarte is awesome. He had twenty three awesome. against Iowa, but it's all you know he's just he gets into the paint, he drives and, and creates shots. Yeah. He, He's just—if that's their offense, that's not going to work against this USC team. USC is going to dominate the glass. They're going to get, you know, tons of rebounds over six-six power forward and centers. Uh, and you saw, with, even though Iowa lost, Luca Garza had thirty-six points. Yeah, he was Garza eight, eight inside. And what Chase said to back you up, they shot fifty-five percent from the field against Iowa. Like that's yeah. not—that's not sustainable. Um, and getting, given the fact that we have two Pac-12 teams, these two teams played on February 22nd. USC won 72 to 58. They beat him by 14, and it was Isaiah Mobley didn't play. And if you mm-hmm. watched the USC Kansas game, Mobley was their best player. Mobley had 17 points. He was four or five from three. He didn't even yeah. play in that game, and USC beat him by 14. So again, when I fill out my bracket, I picked Oregon. I'm changing my pick. I'm taking USC here. This is the the this is the smallest uh, spread on the board. USC is uh, two and a half point favorites, and I'm laying the two and a half. I think I think USC wins this game. You know, three to seven points. So I, I'm taking the Trojans here. Quack 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 Hey-o. quack Hey-o. quack quack quack. 
Bebo's ducks, ducks fly alone on this one. Yeah, I'm taking the Ducks, man. I, I am. They look they look great against Iowa. They may always put up triple digits. I understand that might not be sustainable, but if you could just keep up like that, keep playing. I mean, they were they they looked well rested. You know, you could go either way with that. You could either go away, you, you come out cold and rusty, or you could be well rested. I, I think they came out ready to play. I think the the, that 14 point loss to SC uh, early in the season probably probably a little fuel to the fire. You imagine, <clears throat> which I think it's cool. It adds a little intrigue to this too. He's like, wow, these these are teams that see each other all the time. I mean, these coaches. I mean, they they know how to play each other. You know, you, you talk about you guys were talking a lot about matchups and this this and this. I'm like, yeah, they know. They play each other. They typically play each other twice, two, three, four times a year. Man, I mean, this is nothing. Obviously, this year only played once, but. uh and and this is a is a grander stage. So I, I just think the Ducks are playing some good basketball right now. They came out and looked good against Iowa. Uh, of course, the matchup might have been there and, and and whatnot. But Iowa's still a two seed. They they still had arguably the best player in the country on their team. Yeah. And and, and they and they they controlled much of the game. So I think this one, uh, along with uh, Michigan and um, Florida State, could be a, one of the better games of the weekend. I, it's definitely one I'm looking forward to watching because uh, because the, these are. These are two programs and two fan bases that uh, don't like each other. Obviously, they're they're conference rivals in in, in every sport, so I, it, it adds to it to kind of see that conference matchup in the Sweet Sixteen. So, I'm going to go solo. I'm going with the Ducks. I like them. They're playing good ball, and and I think they can get it done against SC. It's going to be a fun game to watch for sure. One hundred percent. When is that? I, I need I need them to fly Bill Walton to Indy. Let him call this game. Let Bill Walton call this game. I agree with you. Yeah. He should call it. He should. He deserves to call this. Nine forty five on Sunday, Chase. Late this game. Is- all he podcast. does is all he does is talk about the conference of champions. Now he has a good point. <laughs> Can we talk about that too? I know. I mean, I'm, there's probably some. There's some, probably something behind. I don't even know if there's actually something behind this, but I think it's fantastic that Oregon and USC are the last game on Sunday. So it's like they very well could have played early, but they're the last game on Sunday. Total full on Pac-12 after dark vibes in the tourney. I yeah. love that so much. I might. Be, I might. I might bet the over just out of principle. <laughs> yeah, just out of I love it. They're they're still in the Pac-12 after dark slot, even in the tournament in the Sweet 16. 955 tip on Sunday. Uh uh, just in case anybody knows or cares, you don't. I do because I'm off this weekend and uh daddy's out to play. I'm gonna be up Wowzer. ready to roll Sunday night, 955. I'm being rare form. Uh wow. ready to watch, ready to watch the ducks and Trojans play some ball. I actually have a bachelor party this weekend, so I probably, oh. I probably won't be partaking <laughs> in, uh, wow. yeah, it's going to be, it's a different one. Welcome to COVID, but, uh, yeah. we just, we got a, we rented out this humongous house up near signal mountain and it's going to be great. And, oh, that's uh, great, yeah, dude. I, I'm just, I'm like a fill in. I, I, I'll be honest. The people at work call me 27 tuxes always in the weddings, never making my own, I guess. And uh, so, yeah, here we are. Um, let's move on to the South. We'll go first one, Baylor Nova. Probably. Mm. What are you guys thinking? I think Baylor this crushes one, them. Think really yeah, yeah, I think I like Baylor too. I think I just, uh, I'm, I'm like happy to see Villanova in the Sweet 16. Nova in March, never a doubt. But uh, yeah, Baylor's playing, Baylor's being Baylor. I think it seems like. Uh, I think when this might be all said and done, we're just on that crash course to what everybody wants to see, and that's Gonzaga versus Baylor in the title game. I think Baylor takes care of business here. Yeah. Uh, what they're they're uh, they're what are they six and a half point favorites? So I think they take care of business. I do too. I I love I love what Wright does. I think he is 
top three, four coaches. I mean, just general coaches. I mean, what he does for Villanova is impressive every year. I mean, this was another one. I I don't I didn't have I did not have them going far. I had them losing first weekend. But he proved a lot of people wrong. And I think that's another one I saw today was, you know, a lot of people had Villanova out pretty early. It's like, don't bet against Jay Wright. Just don't do it. It's dumb. It's a bad idea. Um, so good for them, man. Uh, I, but Baylor's just on an absolute tear. I wanted to see Wisconsin lose so bad because they just flat out dominated North Carolina. And I was so mad at that Carolina team. I was like, <laughs> you know, that whole crap I gave about the guard play. I was like, but I went against that. And I was like, well, Carolina's really feeling it. Their guards are just playing okay. That was dumb. They were really, they got crushed. And then it, I really felt like Baylor came out and just straight up bullied Trice and that whole crew. And I was like, oh my, they they play. And I know this is one of those dumb things that people talk about, but when you play pissed off like that, like you're like just flat out intimidating other teams. I love that look, and I really think if Baylor can hold on to that for the next two weekends, they're in it. They they want that national championship. They are fantastic. Those guards, uh, everybody on that team is top to bottom as talented as anybody else in the country. And Gonzaga, if they want to piece anybody, that's it. So another another team, uh, kind of like what I was talking about with Florida State about how you know they, they felt like they missed an opportunity last year to, to kind of show out. Baylor's in that same boat. I mean, it's a, mm-hmm. a program that's not not typically on the men's side, like you know that has a, a good team like this. And and last year they had a great team. They're back again, so they're they're making the most of the opportunity this year. One hundred percent. Yeah, I think Baylor's like uh, maybe I'm. Tell me if I'm wrong, guys, but doesn't it seem like Baylor's just kind of weirdly like flying under the radar and almost like not being talked about as much, you know, like there was obviously the whole story is like, all right, Gonzaga is, you know, 28 and oh, and then I feel like a lot of people, you know, you, you're, you're picking a lot of people were picking Illinois. A lot of people picking Alabama. It's, I haven't really seen anybody really, you know, high on Baylor. They're just kind of there. And I, I do think mm-hmm. it, it was weird where they were almost guilty of being so good that people stopped paying attention and then they had the huge COVID pause. They lost two games later in the year, so that was kind of fresh in people's mind. And they lost to Kansas and Oklahoma State, two tournament yeah. teams who were both like peaking at the time they beat Baylor. 100%. So it's not like that, you know, they didn't lose. Like again, they maybe they struggled against. They didn't look great against Iowa State, but like they beat them. So I, I, it came I back think, from down like twenty five. <laughs> yeah, I think I. It almost feels like people are trying to convince themselves Baylor's not that good, and like they've been the second best team in the country by a, like. Baylor and Gonzaga have been head and shoulders above everyone else all season. And and I think people kind of almost try to talk themselves into like, oh, well, where could Baylor lose? And you see it, like you yep. said, their guards are so good. They're the best three-point shooting team in the country. And, and yeah, as Villanova, it, it's great that they made this this run when a lot of people didn't think they could. And I'll be honest, I picked them, I picked Winthrop against them. I thought Winthrop be, uh, would beat them. I don't think they're the same team without Colin Gillespie. He's their leader. No. He's their star. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl has been awesome. So credit to him and credit to Jay Wright. But at the same time, uh, they beat a 12 seed and they beat a 13 seed. So it's like, you know, they didn't have to beat Purdue. They didn't have to play any big boys. They beat two small mid-majors, a 12 and a 13, and now they're playing Baylor. And that's a different beast. And you're not going to beat Baylor at, you know, not at full strength. So I, I think I, don't, I have no problem with the Bears. And I'm, I'm laying the six and a half personally. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's going to be uh, 
I'm I'm really intrigued to see. I think Baylor's on this tear because you're totally right. They have they have they've not been in that mentions category as much, and it's weird. And I think this I think when they lost Oklahoma State, everybody's like, oh, they can be beat. We don't we don't really you know we'll find they're they're the team that people kind of want to see. Oh, I picked that loss early. I don't know. It's just weird. Um. All right, the local heroes. Well, not the local heroes. The national heroes. Oral Roberts versus Arkansas. This one is going to be fun. Oral Roberts has stolen the hearts of America. They have, uh, they've definitely stolen the hearts of all Big Ten fans. And can they keep the run going, boys? Who wants to go first? Oral Bobby Baby. Uh, no, I don't think they can keep it going. Um, but, <laughs> but geez, Mike, wow, but, all right, Cinderella but, just got but, just got dumped. The spread, the spread is 11, which is way too much. I'm a lot of points, I, Mike. That's I'm, a lot of points. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking Oral Roberts plus 11 all day of the week and twice on Saturday, I believe this game is. Um, but I'm very high in Arkansas. I have Arkansas in my final four. Um, of course, now seeing Baylor, I may rethink that. But yeah, uh, Arkansas is another one with like we talked about with you know Bama, Zaga. They're so deep and they're so good in so many different ways. Uh, I mean, you see with like Moses Moody, JD Note, Justin Smith, Jalen Tate. They're they're just they're so deep. And the scary thing about Oral Roberts is as as I mean, Oral Roberts is to me the story of the tournament. They're so fun to watch. But they're very two guard dependent. Yeah. You know, it's it's A Smith and O'Banner all day. Uh, they combined for fifty nine of seventy five against Ohio State and fifty four of eighty one against Florida. Uh, so, God forbid if some you know if JT no, JD Note can knock can can lock down A Smith and and he is a very good defender. That's tough. And uh, this another one. These two teams actually played this year. Uh, they played December twentieth. Arkansas won 87 to 76. So 11 points right on yeah. that spread, baby. Um, but Arkansas shot 22% from three. Yikes. So they make, they, you know, they make, they shoot their average, which is like, I don't know, 35, something like that. They score an extra 20 points. Uh, Max Acemus was held to eight points in that game. Uh, so Ooh, that's a good way that, to look that, That's a bit concerning for me. Uh, I believe he actually was in foul trouble, but that again, that kind of goes back to my point of God forbid if Ace Smith or Banner get in foul trouble, that's ninety percent of their offense out of, out of the game. Uh, and I think Arkansas is just too deep. Um, the way they've played, I'm certainly not going to be surprised if Oral Bobby pulls off another upset. Uh, but I'm going to take Arkansas to win. But I'll take Oral Roberts plus eleven. If it got down, to, you know, nine, even ten, maybe I don't, but. Give me 11. Actually, I think you can get them at 11 and a half in some places. Ooh. Love, love getting 11 and a half with, with Oral Bobby here. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be tough. Arkansas is playing well. I do love taking the points with with Oral Roberts, with without a doubt. I mean, that's that's just too many points for a Sweet 16 game for a team that's clearly beat two good teams to, to get here. Uh, but it, it, I think it will be fun. I think it, it, that's one that's uh, going to get a lot of eyes on, too. I, I'm certainly, and I know all of us here, and, and a lot of people are looking forward to watching that one. It's like, hey, can Oral Roberts, you love seeing love seeing those teams, you know, the 15 seed or and the high seeds in the in the Sweet 16. Like, can they do it again? Like, can they can they get there? And so everyone's going to be 
locked in on 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 Oral Roberts in, in Arkansas to see like can they beat the Hogs? Like can they can they really do it? Uh, but a special season for Arkansas in their own rights. It's the first time they're in the Sweet Sixteen in twenty five years. I mean they're having a great season. Yeah. And they're playing good ball. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think it'll be close though. I, I think it will be. I, I think it could be. It's one of those games where it's close for maybe thirty five minutes. And then you cut to see you sort of see Arkansas start to get up by seven, get up by nine late, and then you know you start the foul game, and then I could see them winning by like you know seven or so. Uh, we, but I think it could be entertaining for for much of it, and I, and I certainly am looking forward to watching it because anytime you get a team like Oral Roberts in in the Sweet Sixteen, um, it, it's it's fun to watch, and it'll be cool too because you're guaranteed two programs that clearly haven't been this far in the tournament. You know, if if ever or in a long time, guaranteed a spot in the Elite Eight. Arkansas obviously hadn't been to Sweet 16 in 25 years. I'm not sure. I don't know if they've ever been to the Elite Eight, but uh, certainly hasn't been in 25 years at least. So you yeah. know, and then obviously Oral Roberts probably never. So uh, that that's cool to kind of see one of those teams, uh, and those programs, and that fan base uh, get the opportunity to see their team uh, play for a chance, get to the Final Four. Yeah, and here's a good stat too: is obviously Oral Roberts. They're the. I'm sure you guys have heard this talked about a lot but they're the second 15 seed to make the sweet 16 obviously the first being that that uh florida golf coast dunk city team dunk oh, city I baby they were a 15 wow 15. Yeah. they beat georgetown and they beat san diego state yep and then in the sweet 16 they played the three seed and lost by 12 hmm. so Hopefully they lose by 10 i think i think or roberts keeps it a little bit closer but eventually yeah, they'll lose by you lose by ten and a half. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I, I agree by, with you, Benny. I think this is one of this is going to be a game, and it's going to be due to free throw shooting. I think I, I'm with you. Probably the last you know thirty five to thirty seven minutes. It's going to be relatively close. You're always going to have a feeling Oral Roberts could be in it, but that free throw game is going to make some people sweat on the cover. I think there's going to be one of those things <laughs> like you know Moody misses one or two, somebody's losing a lot of money. Yeah, and so I, I think this is going to be one of the games that makes you sweat. It's going to be closer than the double digits will perceive. That's just due to free throws, but yeah, they've just got too many guys they can throw at them. And Moody's just played great. You just you can't fall. And that Texas Tech game was awesome. That was a good game. Um, that was a really good game. I, I'm I'm partial to my boy Mac McClung just because I got to watch him a lot. Uh, you know, being from like he, I mean, he was relatively close to John City and stuff. We went and watched him a few times. He's uh played in Gate City, so you know Southwest Virginia. Shout out to them. But uh, yeah, Justin Smith's playing good. But yeah, those they're just too deep, man. I think they're just gonna be able to throw guards at them that can they can cover. So yeah, I think it's gonna be close and it's gonna make some people sweat. And to your point, that's another one. They held they they Arkansas held McClung to nine points. Yeah, shut yeah. totally shut him down. Yeah, they're they're they, really good perimeter defenders. They are, and they're act. They're just so active. They're they're and there's so one. many of them. That's the thing. It's like they have so many and guards. Just that so, are, just and you get like like Moody's kind of that weird guard forward where he's like kind of plays like a guard, but he's tall. And then he's I pretty mean, strong. Yeah, so it's like, and then obviously Note is he's awesome to watch. He's one of those guys yeah. too. Where I love I love when he's when he starts shooting because he'll make if if he makes two or three shots in a row. You can bet he's chucking up a prayer the third one. It's like, and you can see Musselman will always like Musselman always has to give him the like, hey, calm down. <laughs> yeah, shoot you out of a slump is what my coach used to tell one of our players. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, last bracket. 
I'm gonna save the I'm gonna save Loyola for the last one. Yeah, let's do that last. All right. Houston, Syracuse. Buddy Bayham also still in the hearts of America. And uh <laughs> I I I don't know. I mean like the wrong way though. I feel like everyone hates Buddy Bayheim. Yeah. In a weird way, because then I some do. people love him. If you're if you're a part <laughs> of my take fan, I think some people like him. But then also I'm like, how in the world has Buddy Bayham turned into this kind of player? But the he's, man can absolutely he, how, fill how, it. How up. do you not how do you not root against the coach's son, especially when his name's Buddy? <laughs> yeah. I heard it that was a good speaking of part of my take. I heard a really funny theory. It's like, do you think Bayham just doesn't have a whole lot of friends? And so he needed one of his later sons to be named Buddy so he could have a friend. I was like, That's terrible. <laughs> I think he, had, I think he, I think he had Buddy when he was like fifty-five. Yeah, yeah. Because what, what is he now? 70, 70 He's up there. He's old. Yeah, he's, old. he's 70, 75, 76. Yeah, he's old man. Yeah, uh, but I think, yeah. Go ahead. I think it's, I think it's like the third time. I think since twenty sixteen or something like that, Syracuse has made it to the Sweet Sixteen as a double-digit seed. It just, yeah. Cuse is a double-digit seed in March. Never, never fails. Uh, it's a weird matchup with them playing Houston because we talk. A lot about Houston. And, yeah, Houston's just weird, man. It's like, well, I was Houston to see. Then, you know, of course, they're playing Syracuse. I mean, you, you think on paper, like, they did get in there. But I I don't know. I kind of like the orange in this one. I like them. They're getting six. Um, Buddy Ball is, is is great to watch. It's good. It's a good little March storyline. You like to see it. And and um, they've done it before. I mean, they've Syracuse has gotten to the Final Four before uh, as double-digit seed, right? Did they get there a few years ago as a double-digit seed? Yeah, um, it was yeah. A, they had three ACC teams in that final four. Yeah, and so I, uh, yeah, I think it'd be a good game. I, I think this one, could, one of those games that flies under the radar, could be could be interesting. I mean, all these games can be great. Let's be honest. Sweet sixteen, I like this for for a lot of people. Like the first weekend's a favorite because it just it just everything's great. Like for me, like the second weekend's my favorite. I love seeing teams because it's like okay, it's getting real for a lot of teams that you know. Hey, it's either. You're either coming to play here, you're gonna you're gonna be the team that you were destined to be, or you have, you have other teams that are like, hey, you got this is your one, you know, like the teams like the Oral Roberts and the and the, even the Houston's, like, uh, this is your chance to to really get there, and and you have an opportunity to do it. So, um, I I, I always enjoyed the second weekend more, but um, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I like Syracuse, I like the way they're playing, they're playing good ball. Uh, Buddy Ball's been great, um, playing a weird Houston team that probably shouldn't even be here. We should be we should be getting we should be getting another OG Big East matchup in the Sweet Sixteen between <laughs> Rutgers and Syracuse. Rutgers. So, so I like I like the orange. I think it'll be it'll be cool. Uh, but yeah, definitely a fun little storyline watching watching Buddy Bayheim ball out. Uh, just to piggyback on what Ben said too, I agree. I love the second weekend more because I feel like you know everyone loves the upsets. They're fun stories. They're fun. But the second weekend, you get better basketball. You know, you get mm-hmm. you get. We talked about the first first weekend. We didn't have any buzzer beaters, really. You know, even even some of the upsets weren't that close of games. I mean, there were te- you know the, the underdog was up by ten points late, and then the favorites and the other ones. You know, on s- Monday, all the games were double digit. Um, <laughs> now is when we'll start to get you know, you get the stars on each team going back and forth, trading buckets down the stretch. You know, it, where it really matters. Um, this was a tough one for me. This this was honestly probably my hardest game to pick. Um, I definitely like Syracuse getting six. So from a betting standpoint, I think I would take the six points with Syracuse because they could win this game and it could be close. I think I'm going to pick Houston to win. Um, 
I've been high in Houston all year. They're a team I, I asked Ben. I bet I bet on them a couple times throughout the year. Um, they're fourth in Ken Palm, seventh in offense, 12th in defense. Uh, if you watch them, especially against, you know, Cleveland State and against Rutgers, the big thing with Rutgers, their comeback was they're, they, they're second in the country in offensive rebounds. So a huge part of their comeback was anytime they missed a shot, they got a second chance opportunity, um, which is huge in this time of year. And Buddy buddy basketball has been awesome. It, it has been, you know, kind of fun. But is that sustainable? I mean, the dude's got 13 threes in two games. Syracuse <laughs> cooking, dude. But, but it's not even just him. Syracuse has a team. They're shooting 50% from three. Yeah, garage like, been that's, great. That's not sustainable. And, and Houston's 12th in the country at defending the three. Um, And the biggest kicker for me when I was, you know, doing my research for this game is we talked about the Syracuse 2-3 zone. Houston's actually seen zone defenses a decent amount. Uh, as far as the, the the power, what is it, power six in college basketball, um, mm-hmm. the American Conference play teams in the American play the most zone of any power six conference in America. Um, you got teams like Tulane plays zone all the time. UCF plays zone a lot. So Houston has seen the two three zone throughout the year and done well against it. So. I do think that's an advantage where you you don't have you know the, the West Virginias who who don't see it the um, the San Diego states who don't see it so I think I think Houston is good enough as a team and I think they'll dominate the offensive rebound as they do all year and that will help them they miss shots and I just think as awesome as Syracuse has been. I I think they have to regress. You're not going to shoot fifty percent from three three. For the whole tournament. No. And honestly, like, yeah, maybe I, I'll probably take the six points just in case they do. But if I'm picking this game, I like Houston. This, this would be one, you know, if you want to throw in like a little money line parlay, I, I would throw Houston in there. Just I, I, again, I don't want, I don't know that I want to lay six, but I, I think Houston, you know, coming down the stretch, you need a bucket, you get your offensive rebound. That's big. And I just don't think Syracuse can keep up this shooting stretch. So I'll take Houston in this one. Okay. Yeah, I think this is a really, really big Quinn Grimes game. Um, as you alluded to, I I just saw something this week, and like most people, you kind of take some years ride with it. I just saw that they had played zone. They played against zone quite a few times this season, and that's the biggest thing when you play Syracuse. Have you, have you ever even seen something close more than once this season and not by teams that just do it because they need to – you know, get out of foul trouble, stuff like that. You'll find guys that try to play it, but teams that are good at it. And uh, Houston's seen that. Houston's seen that for the last two years, and I really think that Grimes has that big game. I think that's another big part about the second weekend is you see stars pick up and make themselves some money. Um, so I think that's going to be one of those one of those games you see Quentin Grimes kind of take over, do a lot. They're going to they're gonna be able to get some offensive rebounds out of a zone. If you know anything, if you don't know much about, you know, zone basketball, even though Syracuse does a good job of it because they've got the size, they've got some guys that can really, you know, step up and rebound. I mean, all the way down to, you know, Dolajai has been great for them. Gerard, Gerard, like those guys are solid rebounders, especially for their positions, but it's going to be tough against Houston, man. It's going to be really tough. I think this is another one. Laying six will be very hard. But uh, yeah, I think this is, might be. It's gonna be a low-scoring game. I think this could be another 
Houston wins in the 60s or 70 or low 70s, maybe. But I, I think this is going to be a uh, pretty close game, three to three or four points. So I th- I'm going to take Houston. Quinn Grimes has a big game, though. Yeah, Tulane, Tulane plays the same exact defense as Syracuse, and Houston beat him by 25 both games. Yeah. It's just knowing how to play it and play teams that know what they're doing and know the knickknacks of it. So, you know, you learn how to do that kind of stuff, and especially when you see it multiple times a year. You got to take coaching into it as well, gentlemen. You got to take coaching into it. Coaching is, is big in these moments, and it's, it's tough to find a better guy that knows how to coach in these moments in Bayheim. So, coaching's big. So, you talk about the zone, and so it's more than just like, oh, they're going to sicken that the whole time and get pumped by 25. Like, no. They'll switch it up. They'll adjust. They'll, they'll, they'll scheme the right way because they've been there before and they got the coach to put them in the right spots. Yeah, they do have size. I if That's the thing. is, I, This is a very – this is probably my biggest toss-up for the, the weekend. But they say uh, if if Syracuse can control the boards, they'll win. But I just, it's just going to be a tough against Houston. Houston's going to attack, man. Uh, last one, boys. Leola, Chicago. Give me the fighting sister jeans, baby. All right. They do play on Saturday this time. So take that in. Yeah, that's yeah, that they're the they're the first game of the the, the weekend, huh? Two forty yeah. on Saturday, first game of the weekend, kicking things off. Uh good news for Oregon State that like you mentioned that they're they're playing them uh playing them on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I will say this. How in the world? And I know you. So both, I think both of you guys mentioned this earlier. How in the world are they an eight seed? And they're like number nine in Ken Palm rankings, an Crazy. eight seed. And if you watch those guys, are you kidding me? I've watched them multiple times this year. I mean, they just kind of like been a random Saturday or Sunday game, and I'm not like fully paying attention, but I've watched enough because I was like, oh, there's you know, Sister Jean is still doing her thing, you know, that kind of thing. But what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they yeah. were undeceived from the jump. Yeah, we, we, we talked a lot about that last week, too. Yeah, and the, and the whole story, everyone talked about how, how much Loyola got screwed. You want to know who got screwed is Georgia Tech in Illinois. Yeah. Because Georgia Tech is earned a nine seed and basically had to play a three seed. And Illinois was the third best team in the country and had to play a three seed in round two. Uh, so they got screwed more than Loyola did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'm not. I'm. 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 Give me Loyola. They're playing. They're playing great ball, man. See, because not only did they, they, because they knocked off two quality teams. I mean, uh, quality teams by like you know Georgia Tech. Obviously, I know they were out. They were out one of their one of their top guys, and, and and that obviously plays a note. But I mean, just a team of destiny. Like they won the ACC. They wouldn't have even been in the tournament if they didn't win the ACC. And and yeah, Loyola took care of business there, and then they absolutely stroked Illinois, who was. Playing as good a basketball as anybody in the country right now. I mean, I had Illinois and many among among a lot of other people in my championship game. Yeah, uh, I, lo- I loved Illinois. They were playing really good ball, and 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 they just absolutely dominated all forty minutes. So uh, I think that continues in the next weekend. Just because Oregon State's one of those teams, like Mike was mentioning, those double digit seeds getting in the second in the second round. It's been a nice little story. Um, yeah. For the most part, obviously they they beat Tennessee and then they squeaked by Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State wanted the wanted to come back and steal that game there at the end. Yeah, uh, there was a the, um, definitely late, but uh, yeah, I like Loyola. I just think they're the better team. They're just, I mean, clearly they're favored by six and a half. My goodness, you know, an eight seed favored by six and a half against the twelve seed. That that's a fun 
Mike, once you once you dig into your bag of tricks and see if an eight seed ever been a six and a half point favorite in the second half of or the second <laughs> second weekend of the NCAA tournament, I'm like, my goodness, that's like the Baylor's a six and a half point favorite. And yeah. yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I love I love Loyola, and again, we look at it. The, this isn't a fluke. They're hmm. it's like it's you look at the yeah they they're the eight seed. Oh, they're the seventh best team in the country. So it's yeah. absurd. Kempom has them up to seven. Uh, oh, seven now. Oh, well. they, they they were nine going in the tournament. They got bumped to seven after beating Illinois. So they're a top ten team, regardless if we ask. Uh, other than you know the members of the committee, apparently. Yeah, crazy uh, talk. But they they have the best defense in the country. They're the number one most efficient defense in college basketball. And like Ben said, they didn't. It's they didn't. You know. They didn't get hot shooting and, and catch fire and, and get lucky. They didn't, you know, luck into bad shots or Illinois went cold. They just straight out, they just flat out pumped them. They dominated yeah. from start to finish. It was nothing. They, they held Illinois to 58 points. Desumo, who's, you know, him, Garza, probably player of the year, if not, you know, in the discussion, he's, he's certainly an All-American. He, yeah. made, he made four field goals and had six turnovers. Caused him absolute havoc. You think Oregon State guards are going to have a better performance? I don't. Uh, no. I mean, I obviously was low on them to begin with, and they've, they've proven me wrong. I'll give them that. I was wrong about Oregon State. Um, but Loyola is just awesome. And, and I know Ben mentioned this with, uh, with you know, Michigan State or with Florida State, and with, he mentioned it with Baylor. This Loyola team isn't this, like, Cinderella fluke. They were in the Final Four, like, three years ago. Yeah. This is this is a basketball program. This is not, you know, this is not Oral Roberts with two sick guards getting hot at the right time. This is not the Dunk City team that caught lightning in a bottle. This is not Abilene Christian beating Texas. This is a very good basketball program continuing to play like it as they have for the last five years. This is just a good basketball team. And on top of that, they have the voodoo magic of a 101-year-old nun that I'm <laughs> certainly not betting against because Sister Jean... <laughs> Is is in the building doing like writing up scouting reports uh, that she's getting you know she's getting hot gambling tips from from Jesus probably telling her how to how to stop this this Oregon State offense and I'm not gonna mess with that. Yeah, so, her prayer, her prayers to the team, her scouting reports. My yeah. goodness, she's telling them exactly yeah. what to do while she prays for them. Yeah, that you don't mess with that. That's, you don't. <laughs> so, uh, if anyone watches CBS Sports. Uh, which I, I'll throw on, you know, CBA Sports HQ during the day. They have, you know, 24-7 coverage. And and Tim Doyle, form, former uh, Northwestern, I believe, form, former Big Ten basketball player, he had a great yeah. line, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal it. To bet against Loyola is to bet against God. And I'm not <laughs> doing And I ain't doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. I ain't doing it. Give me Loyola. Yeah, yeah. You, have to, you have to take it. I, I think it's clear. And I mean – that Illinois, the, the Illinois thing was another humongous matchup problem, and that's something I didn't see early on. I didn't do enough research on that when I was picking my bracket. But what Illinois does great is with the Sunu is attacking off these ball screens. And you know what Loyola does the best in the country is playing its ball screens. And this is not because they have the absolute best athletes in the world. Crutwig is one of us. He's an average. Did you tell me that dude's white anything wonder than. If he's anything younger than like 35, you're lying. Yeah. Oh, he's 100% the guy they're like, let me see your uh, birth certificate, sir. Yeah. I am, yeah. I am I am 12. Yeah, sure. Okay. 
And he also does look the guy from Super Troopers. Uh, that was a great <laughs> comparison I saw. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, 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 does. I, yeah, he I does. lost it this weekend when I saw that. It was great. But the, they're going to do the same thing against Oregon State. And guess what? They ain't got the guards Illinois does. So those guys blitz them off that ball screen and just cause Osu so much havoc. That poor dude, I felt so bad because I liked him. He was they were a fun team to watch. They were playing great ball. They just ran into their worst nightmare. And that was the best passing big man I've I've seen in a long time. And Crutwig, dude, some of those dimes were awesome. And they were fun to watch. And they are they just they're so poised. One through five. They know what they want to do. They don't try to do anything they're not great at. And uh I think Oregon State's steam's running out, like you said. Surprised the heck out of me, and most of their stuff from Oregon State has been defensively. I thought they had a, a great – well, you don't have to come up with a great scheme against Tennessee. you just like, hey, take away these certain shots, and, you know, for the most part, you're probably going to be okay if you're making them shoot a bunch of threes, and that's what happened. So – but – the Oklahoma State game was what I was more impressed with, and those guys just absolutely attacked Cade every time off the ball. These guys were doubling at the right time off the dribble. Looked so good, and uh, I was impressed. But steam runs out. Oil is going to keep chugging along, and probably going to be if I mean if I'm redoing everything, probably going to be my final four pick out of that out of that bracket. Yeah, it's a fun. Uh, that's another thing that comes fun out of the second weekend. You, a lot of different brackets are on there. Like, okay, you know, who's your Sweet Sixteen bracket? Were you able to kind of Repick and get into mm-hmm. like kind of refreshing it in a new poll. I think Loyola is going to mean a lot of people's final four, like you just mentioned, Chase. Yeah, uh, cer- certainly in mine. If I'm yeah. big yep. again, yeah, gonna be a good Hold weekend, it. boys. Absolutely, always is. I can't wait. And uh, Mike, you're coming down this weekend, right? Yep, live from Chattanooga. So it's coming down like like the city on fire. I can't wait, buddy. Hopefully boys, I appreciate. Well, well, well stocked for this weekend. Oh, hmm. oh yeah. Stock the beers. Stock the yeah. fire department. It's going to be that, great. It's a terrible, weekend. We- terrible that, weekend to be a beer. I was just going to say that. Oh, bad, week, bad, bad, week, bad weekend to be a beer in Chattanooga. <laughs> well, you know, like Nashville always stocks up when the Blackhawks come to town. We in Chattanooga have to stock up when Mike comes to town. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Here we go. Stock the, yingling, stock the yingling, baby. I'm coming. He's a yingling man. Yeah, of course. Of course. Boys, I appreciate it. As always, we'll do this again next Tuesday. And uh, yeah, we'll see you this we weekend. Be together. We'll be together yeah, next Tuesday. Yeah, we might have to do it. We might have to get all to get together and do it next Tuesday. That could be a lot of fun. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate yeah. it. We got us some sit downs. I got, we got plenty of mics. We can do it. Yeah. We can Sweet. do it. We'll make it happen. All right. Peace out, boys. As always, you can find us on all social medias. I'll have it down there somewhere. So appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good one.